you just watching? I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm Eve Franklin. And welcome to the one, the only, and the first podcast that gives critical thinking for the entertained Christian. Mm-hmm. This is exciting to finally get our first episode out, although we've kind of done a pseudo episode before, which will find its way into the website eventually. Yes, yes. And well, we'll need to edit it down because that one was really long. Yeah. It was about Tron. Yes. And many classic sci-fi people suddenly perked up their ears at the thought and the sound of Tron. Since this is the first episode, yes. perhaps we should just explain who we are and who or what this podcast is about. Most definitely. My name is Eve Franklin. I enjoy good movies as much as anybody else. My favorite genres are science fiction. I like special effects as much as any other sci-fi buff would. But I've been a Christian since a very young age. I have to say that sometimes you have to be careful when you watch these and be aware of what's going on in the movies because there are some philosophies sometimes that underlie what's in there. And I just decided that we needed to do something to address that. Again, I'm Daniel Lewis. Some of you know me as The Ramen Noodle because you've probably come to this website from my linking to it from other websites and such. I'm a web designer and also a podcaster. I'm excited about this because not many Christians are thinking when they watch movies. Mm-mm. I'm not going to attack Christians and say, don't be entertained, because I mean, certainly we can laugh, we can have fun. And I think it's just as godly to watch a cool explosion as watching a rose petal grow or something. <laughs> that's, that's my opinion. That's not scripture. <laughs> but I enjoy science fiction. And I enjoy, of course, action movies with mm-hmm. the explosions, and they're so beautiful at times. Yes, and I love fantasy, just seeing elves and dragons and all kinds of things. They're completely made up, but they're fun to watch and, and see the product of the imagination that God has given us. Where this first started for me was a few years ago, I was watching through all of the Star Trek Next Generation, and I wanted to watch all of the other Star Treks and everything. And I got the DVDs from the library. The DVDs have the extra content. Mm -hmm. And since I was really into this, I was starting to notice here and there a couple statements that seemed like little jabs at Christianity, little jabs at the Bible, especially jabs at creation or at just morality or Mm -hmm. certain standards of law. Definitely. What really stood out to me was buried deep within the special contents of one of the DVDs for Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I believe it was season five discs, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. They have these special sections of the disc that they call the Deep Space Nine Chronicles, where they got the actors of the series to say something that related to a coming episode or give a little feedback, a little behind the scenes. And it was just a short clip. This one particular clip that was actually done by two different actors struck me as incredible. And it's what got me on this whole string of really wanting to think critically about entertainment. Hello, I'm Avery Brooks for the Deep Space Nine Chronicles. When the original Star Trek series was created, Gene Roddenberry's intent was to take very specific social commentary and slip it past the censors by masking it as science fiction. That really stood out to me. 
and the context of this, the first same-sex kiss was in a Deep Space Nine episode that this clip was about. He references other past Star Trek episodes. And the first black woman to ever be an officer was in the original Star Trek. That was one of his very first social commentaries that he made back when he made that. That would have been unheard of in our culture. So he made a lot of social commentary in his Star Treks. Dates all the way back to the first one. Of course, I think Deep Space Nine was made after Gene Roddenberry had died. Yes. So it was, though, carrying on his Mm -hmm. tradition of... I'm I'm not entirely sure he would have been in favor of something that went quite that far. I don't know. The first interracial kiss was in the original series. Mm -hmm. The first same-sex kiss on TV ever Mm -hmm. was in Deep Space Nine. So we've used this phrase many times now, critical thinking. Yes. First, I think we need to explain, are we against movies? No, I'm not anyway. I enjoy movie and I do kind of watch what I watch, but... I like to watch movies, so I'm definitely not against them. Yeah, and I know many Christians have many different opinions on this, and they can get into some very heated arguments about should we be watching certain movies or shouldn't we, or should we be watching movies at all? Is it just amusement or is it entertainment? It's really up to you. Yes. It's between you and God. I don't think we can sit here and say you should or shouldn't watch movies in general. Now, there might be certain things that's obviously filled with so much junk, but we're not going to even mention those because we don't need to see them either. No. We have to guard our eyes as well because we are believers and and we have to be accountable to our Lord as much as the next person. So I can tell you right now on this podcast, we are not going to deal with anything that we feel uncomfortable watching. It's between you and the Lord if you watch these movies or not. And we hope that even if the movies that we talk about don't interest you, we'll try to cover many different genres, Mm -hmm. but perhaps this will help educate you on critical thinking. So, Eve, let's talk about critical thinking. The way I think about it is critical thinking means that you don't just approach something by sitting down and just letting it speak to you. You come to it with what you know and you judge what is before you based on on your belief systems, on your knowledge, and you don't let media of any sort define what you believe. Christians are unfortunately not always good at doing that because we we tend to have an off button. We have we, we put Christ in the Bible and our Christian lives in one sector of our life and then we go to a different sector of our life and that's where we put Hollywood and school and TV and all the other things. And we don't let them merge together and we don't let one judge the other. I think that we have to take what we know about God and what we know about Scripture and apply that to every walk of life. And that includes being entertained, reading a book, watching a movie, watching your favorite show on TV. And you can enjoy something that's not biblical the whole time that you're doing it, you need to be thinking in the back of your head, what is not right about what I'm watching? I think we both have a very strong sensitivity toward ardent evolutionists. Oh, yes. And I see so often many of these evolutionists will attack Christians because they'll say, oh, you're not thinking. Mm -hmm. Or you're narrow-minded. Yeah. And in a sense, I think they're kind of right. There are a lot of Christians that fit into that category. Yeah, not not in the sense that they're saying that we believe the Bible because we're not thinking. Mm -hmm. But I think some Christians accept the Bible, but don't actually 
put their thinking to work. God gave us brains for a reason. God gave us logic for a reason to use that logic Mm -hmm. to think through the process. And God, through Paul in the New Testament, praises Christians. In Acts 17.11, it says, Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to Mm. see whether these things were so. Mm -hmm. See, even the Christians that were being praised were receiving it eagerly. They weren't just sitting in there thinking, okay, how can I pick this apart? I'm going to just rip this apart completely. No, they Mm -hmm. received it eagerly, but they still searched the scriptures. They thought it through. They followed logic to see whether those things were true. And I think often another issue that we have a problem that we have in the Christian community is is that Christians don't want to be challenged by ideas that make them uncomfortable. And because they do that, they tend to come across to unsaved people as being closed-minded and unable to think for themselves because they're un- unwilling to be confronted by an issue they haven't thought through clearly. I had a, a lady in college that I tried to confront over the evolution and creation issue, and she told me point blank that she had the, quote, peace that passes understanding regarding that issue and that she didn't want to hear any creation evidence because she didn't want to have her world disrupted. She believed in evolution herself, but she didn't want to hear any of the evidence against evolution or none of the evidence for creation because she didn't want to be challenged on that. I think as Christians, we need to be careful that we're willing to be challenged because the Bible orders us to be ready to give a defense. Mm-hmm. And if we're not willing to give a defense when we're challenged on what we believe, then we come across really badly. Yeah, that's 1 Peter Mm 3.15. You're talking about be ready always to give a defense. Yes, 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. Oh boy, those last two words can be the hardest for some Christians with gentleness and reverence. And that's why I think some Christians shy away from this idea of critical thinking because it has that word in it, critical. Mm -hmm. And they think, oh, I don't want to be critical. But even in that sense, they're being a little bit critical. So it's like saying there are no absolutes. It's just an illogical statement. So we need to be in the scriptures and we need to be thinking critically about everything that we see, every kind of input that comes in. Now, Scripture says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but it's what comes out. Right. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. So what are we letting into our heart to grow there and then come out? Right. And if we're watching stuff that is outside of a biblical uh, scheme of things, then we have to be meeting that with the Bible inside our minds so that when we're watching it, we're combating the things that are coming in. And and like we said, if you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. If you feel like it's a challenge to your faith, don't watch it. But at the same time, you need to be willing to face the challenge of standing up to the ideals, the ideas of the world and being able to have answers And watching the movies sometimes, thinking critically when you're confronted with these issues in the movies gives you a wonderful practice ground to figure out what you would say to somebody who confronted you face-to-face over the same issue. Exactly. You know, sometimes we say, 
what's in Hollywood isn't real life. Now, that's mostly in the romance and the action side of Hollywood. <laughs> but probably everything else is very close to life. There are people out there like that. These issues come up. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the other day, I found myself having to fight off a horde of aliens. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> you know what I find fascinating? I heard about this a long time ago, and many people have probably heard this, but bank tellers who have to handle money all the time Mm. are trained to spot counterfeits. By their feel. Yes. Not by feeling counterfeits. Because there are thousands of counterfeits mm-hmm. out there. I used to collect coins and currency for a little while. And I just saw many of the things where they said, oh, there's this counterfeit floating around. Look out for it. And it would seem like every time I would receive a new issue of this magazine, there was some new counterfeit out there. There will always be different kinds of counterfeits. But you know what doesn't change? The truth never mm-hmm. changes. So right. these bank tellers, instead of learning what the counterfeits are, they're trained to familiarize themselves so much with the real money, mm-hmm. its feel, its touch. They're just given cash to handle and handle and handle. And then they study the real thing, the truth. Mm-hmm. And then they know anything that doesn't fit the truth is a counterfeit. Right. And that's what we need to be. Yes. We've been walking all around this topically and explaining what critical thinking is or why we should do it. But let's talk about some actual practical ways of critical thinking, because sometimes I think we just don't know how to. Of course, Mm -hmm. sometimes we're not thinking to think critically. Right. But sometimes we just don't know how to. Well, of course, the number one practical step would be we need to compare everything we hear with what Scripture says. Mm -hmm. Just like a bank teller would know a counterfeit from the feel of real money, we can't know a counterfeit idea or a counterfeit philosophy unless we are very familiar with what the Bible says in every aspect. I mean, the Bible covers a great deal of stuff. I mean, it's not just the gospel. There's a lot more to it. Obviously, the gospel is the important part, but the whole Bible builds to the gospel, and there is just a ton of really practical information about living, about thinking, And anything that we watch, we have to compare the ideas that are being put forward to what the Bible would say about the same thing. And it doesn't mean that we have to memorize the entire Bible. I think some Christians get a little concerned that, oh, I don't know the Bible that well. I can't memorize things. I can't remember things. But even the Bereans, like in Acts 17, 11, mm-hmm. it doesn't say they recited passage after passage to see whether these <laughs> said things they were said. They searched the scriptures diligently. Yeah. And that means that you have the Bible available. And, you know, we live in a techie world today. It's so easy to search scripture. I mean, you can just go to BibleGateway.com and, and look up a keyword, and it's right there. I mean, you don't need to, like, turn pages and try to know where things are in the Bible. Even if you're not, if you're a young Christian and you're not real familiar with, with finding your way around in the Bible, we have so many great tools today at our fingertips to make that easier. Yeah. So we have to know Scripture. And we have to bring things back to Scripture, compare it to the Bible, search the Scriptures daily to see Mm -hmm. if those things are so. And critical thinking really is about asking questions. It's about questioning everything we see, Mm -hmm. everything we hear, everything that's being said, especially some of these shows and movies seem to hide some things in there. 
And they have agendas. I mean, they may, on the outward sense, be something that is just for pure entertainment to laugh at or enjoy. But the creator, whoever made that story, had an oftentimes has an agenda. And sometimes it's not a real obvious agenda. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is. I mean, the new movie, Wally, it was a cute movie, but it had a definite agenda. If you've watched the movie and you didn't notice the agenda, then you're not thinking critically. Unfortunately, I haven't seen Wally yet. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excused from that. Whenever I see something and it looks like there's an agenda, the first thing I want to ask is, do they really have an agenda? Or are they just speaking from their own belief system? And sometimes we can miss that line because we can be so conspiracy minded Mm -hmm. that we're saying, oh, Hollywood has this huge agenda or producers of this show are uh, deliberately attacking Christians. But no, sometimes it's just this is simply the way they believe. Like, for example, evolutionary statements in movies. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can really say every time they mention evolution, they're trying to attack creation. Many times it's just simply what they believe. So it's they're the just foundational doing it. concept of the way they look at the world. So it just falls out of their mouth as a yeah. part of their worldview. It's like the default option for them. Mm-hmm. So it's they aren't even thinking about something else. They're not thinking critically. Right. <laughs> but yet there are those other things where it's a clear agenda. Mm-hmm. And some of the shows and movies that we'll no doubt get into, mm-hmm. when you watch something, especially just watch it over again, you really see that, wow, there's an agenda here. That's the simplest and most broadest thing that you can define with when you look at any form of entertainment critically is what was the overall theme, the overall agenda, the underlying, I got to hit overall, overall and underlying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> over under, that works. The over under, the underlying philosophy that influenced the person who was was creating the story. Mm -hmm. That's really getting to the core of Mm -hmm. it, is trying to figure out first, is this a deliberate agenda, or is it just a default? And kind of verify that as you're watching it to see, is this a theme carrying out throughout the movie, or was it just a little statement here? Now, sometimes even those little statements have an agenda behind them. Mm -hmm. But we really have to first get to that core and see, Is there an agenda behind this or is it just something being said by default? But the critical thinking doesn't stop there with asking the questions. No, it doesn't. Then you have to really kind of figure out where truth lies and to know, you know, when they're making assumptions and when, when they're basing their beliefs on assumptions so that you can then, as, as we have always said before, again and again, you have to know the truth to be able to pick out a counterfeit So when we hear statements within a movie or show, one of the first things we could ask the character, in a sense, ask the character is, how do you know that is true? Do you really know or are you believing that to be true? Within the movie, it often defines how that character knows that particular thing to be true or not. But we need to sometimes it would be great if we could just pull the character out of the movie and ask them questions during the movie. (laughs) Maybe the future technologies and Blu-ray will give us that ability. Interactive movies. How interesting. Yeah. Could actually, 
you know, like those those books that you used to read where you could choose what the next thing was going to happen, the Choose Your Own Adventure movie I books. actually hated those books. Oh, really? Yeah. They were neat because I could choose the direction, but they weren't neat in the sense of I always wondered, okay, what did I miss by making this choice? <laughs> so you had to read all, all of the the different trails. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Speaking of trails, let's get back on our trail. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Now, when they make these statements or there's conversation or whatever we see within a movie, we also have to ask what assumptions are they making? Mm-hmm. For example, an evolutionary statement. Of course, they're making the assumptions that evolution is true. And we can use a classic movie just right off the top of my head to illustrate that in the, the original movie Jurassic Park, there was a scene where the paleontologist who was the lead character was talking about how a velociraptor sneaks up on its prey and kills it. And you can actually step through that whole conversation and pick out the assumptions because the way he, he talked about the, the group behavior of the, of the pack of velociraptors and, and how they move their head and all that. That's stuff we don't know. When you're looking at a skeleton of a velociraptor, all of that's assumption. There is absolutely nothing in the fossil record that would tell you how the velociraptor hunted. Yeah, that's an excellent example. And one of the questions we also need to ask is, does everyone agree with the statements that are made? A lot of times, uh, these statements are argued from a position of authorities, meaning like anybody who doesn't agree is obviously, obviously ignorant of the facts. But this isn't always necessarily true, and you need to stop and, and consider whether that argument from authority is true, that whether everybody actually agrees with it. And then you also have to realize that even if everybody does, like if there are a huge number of scientists in the world who believe evolution, consensus does not make truth. Just because a lot of people believe it and hold to it strongly doesn't necessarily make it true. I love what one of my favorite speakers, Ken Ham, says sometimes is when a gentleman came up to him and was saying, well, how could the majority of scientists be wrong. And Ken would respond back saying, well, scripture says that the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked. And they went back and forth like this for a little bit. And finally, uh, Ken Ham said to him, look, sir, the majority of scientists didn't survive the flood. <laughs> yes. Popular opinion at, in those days was certainly that there would be no worldwide flood. Right. And they were wrong. Right. And of course, popular opinion today is that there was no worldwide flood, and they're wrong. It's funny how that works. That mm -hmm. After it's happened, we're right back to where we started. Right. <laughs> Reminds me of scripture, in, as in the days of Noah, Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. So these are just some questions that we could ask, some very specific questions that we've come up with, and there are many others that we'll no doubt cover as mm -hmm. each episode progresses. But we need to keep in mind to not just look for those specific statements. I have a huge document, and you've seen this. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. It is huge. Of every specific statement from a whole load of mostly science fiction TV shows and movies that I've watched, all of the Star Trek series, X-Files sci-fi series that you probably didn't even know existed and some of them i'd never heard of and some are just better not watched because they're so cheap 
But all of these specific statements, I even have to catch myself on this, is looking too much for these specific statements, these little nuggets of agenda or of... It's like missing the forest for the trees, right? Right. Yeah, there are so many other things that we might miss, such as in the movie Fantastic Four. One of my friends has pointed out that there's a line in there where the girl says, all I wanted was to share an apartment together. We could miss a statement like that, but then come back to it and realize, wait a minute, look at all of the morality that is being communicated within that statement. Mm -hmm. It's saying that, well, this is the expectation. One of my favorite TV shows is Chuck, which is a very geeky show. Chuck is this accidental CIA agent that suddenly has all of this knowledge in his mind. And he works at a place that's very similar to a Best Buy, and he's a geek. And in a recent episode of Chuck, there was a spot where one of his friends was saying, me and my girlfriend are going to take our relationship to the next level. We're going to get an apartment together. The way that they portrayed in the TV show is like, oh, this is just commonplace. This is accepted. Now, that's not a specific quote that's blaring with anti-Christianity, but Mm -hmm. it's a concept there that we have to find that we can only find when we start thinking critically and Mm -hmm. questioning everything. And I have an example, too. I was just watching one of my favorite shows, Kyle XY, on the Family Channel the other day, and and they had a, a scene where the father was talking to his son about sex at the prom. And and he came in and he handed him a condom and said, I'd hope you don't, but if you do, be safe. And it just, I mean, this is a family program. And and I granted, I think it was good that he's told his son he shouldn't do it. And the reasons why he shouldn't do it, he obviously didn't cover the real reasons why you should do it. But the whole idea that handling a condom to your son is going to make him do it safe. There's a whole minefield of assumptions there that that are just ridiculous to even present in a TV show. In fact, I could go on a rant right now against that. (laughs) Oh, it's so tempting, but we'll save that for later episodes. So we need to be questioning the meanings of Mm -hmm. things. What do they really mean by that? And what does this mean in this context? We need to question the assumptions that are being made in the statement or by the characters within the movie, or by the producers of the movie. Mm-hmm. What are the they writers assuming? of the script? There's yeah. all kinds of people involved that have an influence on what a, a production communicates. And then question the intentions. And we need mm-hmm. to do this carefully because we can't see the heart of men. No. But sometimes it's very obvious, sometimes it's not. So this comes back to what we were talking about earlier. Don't suddenly think that everyone out there has an agenda that's against us. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are some people who do, and that's often obvious when there is a blatant agenda. But don't look for a conspiracy underneath every rock. No, and it it doesn't have to be a conspiracy because... We live in a in a society that's becoming increasingly less Christian. And so even the people who are, you know, making these statements, they may not be making them from an agenda. And there is no conspiracy, but that doesn't mean we need to be less sensitive about it. And sometimes it just, you just have to follow where they're going with their ideas. Because sometimes if you follow their logic, it takes you someplace that, that doesn't, it's not logical. Mm. Um, a lot of times it's circular. A lot of times it refutes itself if you follow it far enough. Just don't take it at face value. Think it through to its conclusion. 
Yeah, think linearly. Right. Instead of just taking a single dot. Follow that dot, turn it into a line, and find out where it points. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, like that's a that. good analogy. As we've already said, we're born-again Christians. And actually, I just realized that when I introduced myself, I didn't say... I didn't I either. We may have to redo our introductions. <laughs> but we are born-again Christians, and we've been Christians for a long time. And we're going to have fun with this, but we need to remember that it really goes back to God's Word. Mm-hmm. And so many people just miss it. They don't realize that God wants us to think critically. And there's a whole lot of scripture and support for that. Oh, yes. And let's just go over some of these scriptures. Okay. First of all, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God. And the literal Greek there is breathed by mm-hmm. God. All scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Very good piece of scripture. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. 1 Peter three fifteen. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. James 1, But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Jude 3, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. Colossians 4, 5-6, Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. A couple verses from Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 9, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. And Psalm 119, verse 11, your word have I treasured in my heart, that I may not sin against you. Titus 1.9 Holding fast the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. And I've chosen a, a fairly long passage here that really came to mind when we were going to discuss this. And it is a lead in. I just want to remind people that as Christians, especially in this society, a lot of people attack us as being idiots for believing in God. And to just re- remind those who are in fellow faith with me, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that we have a wisdom that's God given, and it's not the wisdom of this world. And so we have to remember what God says about the wisdom of this world, because it's important for us to differentiate between God's wisdom and what the people who think that they're superior to us because they have the world's wisdom. 
And listen to the scripture. This is 1 Corinthians 1, 19 through 27. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed Jews ask for signs, and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to Jews a stumbling block, and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame things which are strong." And 1 Corinthians three eighteen through 20 says, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you thinks that he is wise in this age, he must become foolish, so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. For it is written, He is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasonings of the wise, that they are useless. Hmm. Wow. And we could go on and on. Oh, there are many more oh. scriptures, and we'll cover them. Each episode that we'll do, we'll cover a little bit more of how can you think critically and some more scriptures, but even just these are so powerful, I think. Mm -hmm. So we've introduced it. What are we going to do in each podcast? This podcast will have kind of two portions to it. We'll have the main portion, which will be the longer episodes in which we will take a specific movie, TV show, maybe a specific episode of a TV mm -hmm. show and really think through it critically and dissect to find out what they're talking about, what is being said, and what we can learn from it. And then we'll also have probably a bi-weekly episode in which we'll get some feedback, share some feedback that we've gained, and talk a little bit about what will be coming. We want to prepare you, our listeners, for what we'll be doing next. So we'll let you know mm -hmm. what movie or TV show we'll Because we want to hear what, what you have to say about a movie even before we cover it. And we would even like to have you suggest um, movies or TV episodes for us to care cover. Certainly. And if you have suggestions, go to our website, areyoujustwatching.com, and click the contact link and send us your message, feedback, idea, thoughts on certain movies or things that you think we should review. And when we say review, one thing we do want to make sure that that you understand is is that we're not reviewers. We're not going to sit here and and review movies for your consumption. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of actually very good Christian organizations that already do that, so that's not our purpose. We're not going to recommend movies to you. We're not going to suggest that you watch movies or suggest that you not watch movies. That's not our point. Yeah, we want to discuss these things, the secular entertainment, from a critical thinking perspective that is mm -hmm. founded solely on the Bible. Right. And we're also going to very much try to do this in a gentle and respectful manner. We're not here to bash movies out of hatefulness. And I know a lot of people think that Christians, well, a lot of unsafe people think that Christians are hateful and condescending and critical. So we're going to do this as much as we are humanly possible in the spirit 
to have the greatest of respect for the people who who make these movies and address these things that we see in a kind manner. We will give movies a general rating on Mm -hmm. certain factors that we have, and we'll have a thorough rating system that we'll explain on the website as we start releasing some of these ratings that will help you get an idea of what we kind of think about it in a little cute summary. Yes. And also let you know a little bit more about the content. But we don't want to compete with sites that are, that are out there like Plugged In Online. That is an incredible resource to find out if a movie is appropriate for your family or not. Because we may even discuss movies that we would not we would not want young people especially to watch. If one of the writers for Plugged In Online is listening... Hey, we would love to have you on the podcast with us someday. Oh, yes. We'll have some guests in here eventually, some other great scholars on the Bible or commenters on secular media and critical thinking. So in the meantime, what do you think we should be doing? Reading our Bible. Amen. (laughs) And let's search the scriptures daily Mm -hmm. to see whether the things that we watch in the secular entertainment are so, so that we can truly provide critical thinking for the entertained Christian. We just want to thank you so much for listening to our introduction episode. We certainly hope that you come back and listen to us once again, as we actually get a real episode out here soon. And do do we want to say what movie we're going to do first? Do we know which one we're going to do first? Did we say we were going to do Dark Knight? Sure, we could do Dark Knight. Well, let's do Dark. And the first movie that we're going to do will be Dark Knight. So hopefully... You would look forward to hearing what we have to say about that movie. Visit us on the web, areyoujustwatching.com, and you can spell that however you want, and it will probably take you there. But the official way to spell it is spelled out properly. A-R-E-Y-O-U-J-U-S-T-W-A-T-C-H-I-N-G.com. And we'll be posting some reviews there as we get them. Our rating system will explain that more. Please subscribe to us on iTunes if you're not already or through your favorite podcatcher or RSS reader. And you can also subscribe to us by email through the website areyoujustwatching.com and be emailed whenever we release a new episode in case you're not one of those types that loads up iTunes or carries an iPod around and is always listening to podcasts like me. <laughs> we want to connect with you. You can email us directly by sending a message to us at areyoujustwatching.com. I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm Eve Franklin. Thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design from djosephdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space which you can find at AnswersVBS.com.